Super Talk Mississippi media production. In the Mississippi Legislature, House Bill 728 funds health care for illegal immigrants. Call your legislator today at 601-359-3770. Ask them to stop House Bill 728. It's not too late. You can help stop this. Paid for by Building America's Future. Welcome to Game Week. It's finally here, sort of, but it's kind of finally here. The start of college football season begins on Saturday, and welcome into Game Week, sort of. Glad to be with you guys on this Monday, and um, it's hell out there. It is brutal, and this week, it's like Mother Nature has decided to remind us who's in charge here. I mean, two weeks ago, we had that, like, feels like fall, like mid to upper 80s kind of weather. And then this week, the real feel is going to be 115 plus for a few days. Love that. Got you just you love to see that, don't you? Right before the start of, uh, again, of college football season. So welcome into the live stream. I'm Michael Borky. Glad that you guys uh, are with me. And uh, I got a mixed bag to talk uh, to you guys about today. Uh There is a story that came out in The Athletic about Matt Campbell in Iowa State and, you know, recruiting and getting different players and how do you win when not having the best recruiting classes and stuff like that. There's a problem, though, with the premise of the story, and we'll get to that in a second. Um, There was also a quote from an anonymous athletic director during this whole alliance thing where they are worried or that they warn that college football does not need to be run out of the southeastern part of the United States. Problem is, it's been that way for a long time. Also, we had a couple of COVID positives, uh, one in the SEC, one in the NFL, as far as head coaches. And we're just not escaping that story, no matter how hard people want to try. Justin Fields gave a pretty sweet quote after uh, their preseason game where they got smoked by the Bills over the weekend, and Mitch Trubisky just lit up the Bears in Chicago. Uh, But Justin Fields, man, uh, what a guy. Uh, Just saying the right things right now. And um, couldn't be more impressed with him. And then finally, Shohei Otani did something really, really cool that's not related to actually hitting home runs or throwing fastballs. Real quick, though, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Michael Borky on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button and you know click the little bell as well. It'll tell you every time I go live or a new video gets posted. Also, follow on Twitter and Facebook. And wherever you get your podcast, Mike, in the morning, we'll do just that. And uh, wherever you are, uh, leave a rating and a review. And if you like what you see on YouTube, like the video. That would help me a ton. So, The Athletic, Bruce Feldman, who I really like, who does really good work, did your typical off-season story about a program that is good and that they don't recruit the best players, that they recruit a certain kind of player, and you know I'm really just looking for the diamonds in the rough that care about football and all that kind of stuff. It was a nice story about Iowa State and the, the college football playoff. and um, Bruce Feldman, the headline is, is Iowa State a college football playoff team? I'll take Matt Campbell over recruiting stars. Okay, so here we go. And then this is just kind of the thing. Um, 
He mentions that Iowa State brings every basically everybody back. It should be a really good football team. I mean, they're ranked in the top 10 for a reason. Um, they got a quarterback coming back in Brock Purdy. I mean, there's some some talent there for sure. It should be a good football team. But he points out that the average rank of Iowa State's past five recruiting classes is number 52. Number 52 uh, over the last five years for Iowa State. And they go into talking about, you know, they look for not only football skill, but somebody that uh, will develop and become a good man and all that kind of stuff. You know, the the typical, we don't recruit well, so here's what we pretend like we're looking for uh, kind of quotes. And, you know, it's, it's a nice story. It's a nice premise, all that. But this last line cracks me up. Or these last two paragraphs actually crack me up. And, and this underscores college football's issue, right? One of the issues, but the biggest issue. Here's the, the last couple of graphs in the article. When I asked Campbell what he would say to skeptics who believe that you can't win a national title or even get to the playoff if you don't have highly ranked recruiting classes, he pointed to Mark D'Antonio's Michigan State program as evidence that you can get there by using a similar model to one that he has in Ames. The Spartans reached the 2015 college football playoff with an average recruiting ranking of its previous four classes of 32, and none of them cracked the top 25. Campbell said to me, I know... I know that is what I believe in. So in my mind, I do believe that you can have that kind of success with the right people. I still think it's about alignment of talent, mentality, and are you maximizing your full potential if you even want to get to that level of play? So I, I again, I appreciate the premise. What happened to that 2015 Michigan State team? What happened to, to them when they made the college football playoff? Uh, a team that ranks... 20 spots better in recruiting on average than this current Iowa State team. What happened to Michigan State when they made the college football playoff that year? You guys remember? It was New Year's Eve. I was uh, somewhere in uptown New Orleans, actually, that night. And Alabama beat them like an absolute freaking drum. Michigan State had no business being in the playoff that year. And you knew it on the kick of the ball. They got absolutely freaking smoked. And like two weeks prior to that, they lost to um, like five and seven Nebraska or something like that. They basically got into the playoff by default. And once they got there, look at what happened to them. Like that is the worst example you could possibly use of, hey, you don't have to recruit very well to be a playoff team because look at what happened when they made the playoffs. They didn't belong. They didn't belong. If you asked Matt Campbell, honestly, not for an article, but if you honestly asked Matt Campbell, what would you prefer? Your recruiting classes with great guys that fit or all of Nick Saban's recruiting classes? Which one would you prefer? The answer is obvious. The, the thing is, Matt Campbell recruits that way at Iowa State because he has to. That They don't have a choice. You're not getting top 15 classes at Iowa State. It's not a philosophy thing. It's a can or cannot thing. It's really that simple. Uh, I, again, I really like Bruce Feldman. He's more successful than I'll ever be. But how can you, in this position, uh, covering college football for so long, be so naive to how it works or what the landscape is? 
Iowa State recruits bad recruiting classes because you can't get good players to go to Iowa State. The state itself doesn't produce any talent. You share the state with another team, and there's nobody around you, like no bordering states that really produce talent either. You're kind of like in an island by yourself, and so you you have no choice but to recruit classes like that. It's not about fit or character. It's about ability. And that, though, underscores a huge problem with college football right there is the fact that we're looking at a team Iowa State, and I I can already tell you right now today, they will not win a national championship. I can tell you now, and I I guarantee it. I would stake my life on it, my mortgage and my car. Go ahead. Iowa State's not winning a national championship. You want to know why? They don't have good enough players to do it. It's that simple. They don't have good enough players to do it. So we can talk about you know, championship philosophy and fit and all this stuff, but at the end of the day, they can't do it. They can't do it, and they will not do it this year, even though they're starting ranked in the top 10. And and Matt Campbell's a great coach, and he's got a good, stable program. But there is a ceiling when you don't get good enough players. Every national champion in the recruiting rankings era, every single national champion in the recruiting rankings era, had at least two classes ranked in the top 10 before they won. Most of them three. Lately, it's four. Every single one since like 98, have had at least two classes ranked in the top 10 going into their championship season. Every national champion has at least half of their roster ranked four-star or better. That is what wins in college football. That's the model. That's the model. You don't have to listen, man. Does anybody here care about Iowa State or Bruce Feldman? You don't have to listen. Turn it off then. Um, <laughs> come on. That, that's the, the problem with college football. And that's why I think you have programs in this state and others that are kind of, I, I don't want to say diamonds in the rough or hiding or whatever or sleeping giants, anything like that. When people say around here, it'll never happen here, I kind of disagree with that, actually. And I've talked about that before. Um, I think it can be done because that's really the model, right? It is player acquisition. Player acquisition is it. And I think it can be done here. But this kind of thing, it just, we, we do it every year going into every college football season. Um, you know, hey, this program, Diamond in the Rough, or they don't re- they recruit differently. They're all about character. No, that's that's never how it's been. That's why the southeastern region of the country is so dominant in college football. And that leads me to my next thing. There's this alliance thing that's going on right now. And there was a quote in an ESPN story about this alliance. And it was We can't have college football all run out of the southeastern part of the country, one of the athletic directors in the alliance said. And Ross Dellinger, my man, pointed out that teams from the southeastern United States have won 14 of the past 15 college football national championships. Here's the kicker. In the 11-state footprint of the Southeastern Conference, 197 five-stars have been produced since 2011. The other 39 states in America, 134. 
That, that, that's what it is. And, and maybe that's just what they're afraid of. But I saw all weekend the, the narrative that the SEC is trying to ruin college football. No, the SEC is college football. The southeastern region of the country is college football. I mean, the best group of five teams, uh, Boise State aside, are in this footprint as well. UCF in this footprint. I mean, hell, Memphis has had good teams lately. They're in this footprint. Appalachian State's been really good and solid and stable. They're in this footprint. Cincinnati happens to be in one of those outlier states that is not in the southeast that produces players at an extremely high clip. Um, That's all it is. That is all it is. It's just, um, and that kind of underscores everything that that we've kind of thought, right? It's fear. They're afraid of being rendered irrelevant, although some people would argue they already are, but that's what it is. They're clearly afraid of that. They've seen, that quote comes from somebody that knows the, the current landscape. That's what that comes from. Anyway, um, this story won't go away as much as some people want it to. And trust me, I want it to. Oh, I didn't see this, Craig. Does the Sun Belt have a team finish in the top 25 this year? There are two currently in the top 25. That's a good question. Uh, uh, Louisiana far more likely than, than that of Coastal Carolina, in my opinion. Um. I still think the Cajuns might go into Austin and win. I I, I know that the talent thing is, is is there, right? I mean, that's the genesis of this conversation. The talent is there. Texas has more talent, raw talent, than that of Louisiana, just kind of how it works. But speaking of Iowa State, Billy Napier went up there and beat them last year. They won't be intimidated by it. Um, if they win that, that game... Uh, Call me crazy here. If the Ragin' Cajuns win that game, I don't think this will happen. Let's see what else they've got. I don't think this will happen. Because we have precedent that shows it's not going to happen. Because it never has. Cincinnati went undefeated, although they didn't play a Power 5 team. They didn't get in. But if Louisiana beats Texas... They have Nichols State. Well, it's just Nichols now, right? They dropped the state. Ohio, Georgia Southern, South Alabama, Appalachian State, which will be a big game. They go to Arkansas State, host Texas State, Georgia State. They go to Troy Liberty. Shoot. Okay. And then host Louisiana Monroe. No, it's not like that. It's just what drives me nuts about stuff is nobody here cares. Well, I do, and so I'm going to talk about it. That's all it is. If they run the table, do they make the playoff? That's the team we're not talking about. Everybody's talking about Cincinnati because they have Notre Dame and Indiana. Um, you know, maybe Coastal, I guess, but it's a tall ask, but it's the most experienced team or one of the most experienced teams. In college football. And here they are with an opportunity to make the playoff, maybe for the first time. Maybe they're the one. My gosh, if he didn't already have his pick of jobs, I mean, teams are going to fire their coach just to potentially hire Billy Napier. Um, 
anyway, this story won't go away. It, it won't go away. And um, I hate it, but it's real. We had two coaches, one in the SEC, one in the NFL, test positive for COVID. One of them was Brian Harson. That happened on Friday. I think Mike Vrabel announced his on Saturday that um, that he's positive as well. And this is what I was talking about specifically on the radio as well. Um, when it was announced that Ole Miss reached 100%, Alabama is there. If they're not there, there's, they're like one player away. LSU's at 100% now. I think Georgia, Florida. There's a handful of others that are. Uh, Mississippi State has not released theirs. And, you know, I don't mean to put – this is just a thought, right? I'm not reporting this or anything. No, this is just a thought. If they got to 100 or, or above the threshold, I think that would be released somehow because that's like positive press. You know, you don't you don't withhold positive information. So that tells me that um, they haven't gotten there yet. Either way, this is what I was talking about, though. The, the, the health thing and stuff aside, but just from a football perspective, this is what I was talking about when I said remove a competitive disadvantage from you. This is what made Old Misses getting to 100 such a big deal because they removed a competitive disadvantage. Auburn's honestly lucky. Auburn's really lucky that this didn't happen this week or next week because, I mean, at best they'd have been without their coach for the Akron game. At worst, you know, of contact tracing and stuff with all of their unvaccinated players, and apparently there's a good bit of them, happened. Forfeits on the table. I mean, this this is what I was talking about here with the competitive disadvantage. Uh, they still have yet to release, like, their, their uh, official protocols or whatever, but the line of thinking is right now, uh, vaccinated people will not be regularly tested. And they only will if they were in direct contact with somebody who has it or they are showing symptoms of some kind. That's it. At least that's what the NCAA released a few weeks ago. And the presumption is that's what it's going to be like for really every most everybody else. Um, that's what I was talking about. Remove a competitive disadvantage. And now Auburn, this might push them over the edge. Maybe it's it's a non-issue moving forward. But Brian Harson's positive test confirms what I was talking about. It confirms what uh, Ole Miss player Mohamed Sinogo said recently about why he got it was simply, I foresee somebody having to forfeit. And I didn't want that to be us. So I went and got it. Remove the competitive disadvantage. Harson hasn't pushed it or, or the, and the teams below, and look at what happens. They got lucky. They're lucky this isn't next week. They're really lucky, honestly. And you hope, of course, he's okay, and, and if there's any player that potentially has it as well, that they're okay, obviously. Uh, same thing with Mike Vrabel. He's the, the NFL coach that got it as well. It's, it's sad. It's unfortunate. Uh, but it is a story. It is a story, and it will continue to be a story. I mean, you will – Hope, by God, on Friday night that your entire team travels. I mean, that will be something, uh, sadly, that we'll have to wonder every week um, is whether or not your whole team was there. 
you know, did somebody have to get pulled off the bus or whatever? Because that's that's another fear that we're going to have to have this year. But teams like Ole Miss, unless the policy changes, which I don't foresee it changing, they're not going to have to. They don't have to worry about it. They'll be there unless they're showing symptoms. It's that simple. We did get good news. It sounds like in the state of Mississippi, and this is a statewide thing, so this isn't just an Ole Miss thing, although the story came out of Oxford. Keith Carter gave some quotes to the Clarion Ledger. This policy, I would bet my life on it, directly applies to also uh, Starkville and Hattiesburg. Uh, Keith Carter says that they are, are planning on having no restrictions um, at their stadiums. It's an open-air stadium, which was something he emphasized, and that's important here when it comes to, to this conversation. It's open stadium, open air. You know, it's outside, and the shot is readily available, all that good stuff. But the state is not going to put those kind of restrictions uh, Jason Isbell was having a concert in, um, or was supposed to have a concert here in, in my neck of the woods in, in Brandon, and he canceled it because the state or, or whoever would not force the show the vaccine card or negative test to get in policy that he wanted to have, so he canceled his show. The state's not going to do that. If the state's not going to do that, uh, the teams, the programs are not going to do it either. So if you're looking for positive news, that's it. You know, they expect to be at full capacity unless the state changes their mind, which I don't anticipate that being the case. Uh, There will be no, uh, you have to show your vaccine card. Keep yours handy. We need an app here like they have in Louisiana. I mean, apparently in Louisiana, you can download an app and just like they can scan your app on your phone. And so people are worried about like Saints games, for example. Oh, it's going to be a cluster trying to get into the game. No, it's like scan your ticket, scan your app on your phone, you're in. Like it it won't add much time at all, if you can believe that. Uh, We need something like that here. Well, I guess we don't because they're not going to check for it anyway. But I'm afraid I'm going to lose my card. And it doesn't like fit in your wallet perfectly. And so if that day ever comes where I go somewhere, like I plan on going to a Saints game this year, are they going to accept a card that's bent a little bit because I had to shove it down in my wallet? I don't know. But that's not going to be happening here. No, at least for now, which it's too late now to change that policy. I mean, it's too late. This is what they're going to be doing. My gosh, we are, what's five plus seven, uh, days away from Mississippi State hosting. I mean, it's here, you know? It's it's here. So, they can't change it. It's too late now. So that's good news, though. No restrictions, uh, no showing a card, no negative test, and you're not going to have to cover your face when it's 100 degrees in the September heat in Mississippi. So there you go. Uh, it's it's going to be different here than, than other places. And Keith Carter's quotes, I, I promise you, will also um, – they also will do the same in Hattiesburg and Starkville. Lost my train of thought there, sorry. But if Keith Carter's saying it, then Jeremy McLean has the exact same mindset, and so does John Cohen. Because the, I said this on a podcast on Friday. The towns can't afford it to be like last year again. They can't. They just can't. It's really that simple. So when they offer a booster, that card is going to grow. I think I've got a couple more lines on mine. I don't know if they're anticipating it or not, but I think, although the person that like signed it for me took a lot of space, <laughs> like a lot of space. Um, but yeah, I, I, if I ever get it, uh, that, that third one, um, there's a line there for them to fill it in, I guess. Uh, I don't know how that would work.
anyway. There's a lot of speaking of the NFL uh, again. It's different in in the league, right? They're testing even the vaccinated people all the time. Um, They're basically doing the same testing policy as last year, I think. That's tough. Not that way in college. But Mike Vrabel's positive test aside, and again, you hope he's okay. Sounds like he is. Um, He announced it to reporters on Zoom, and he seemed to be just fine. So for whatever that's worth, should have a really good team this year too. But uh, we had a bunch of preseason games this weekend. Uh, I watched a handful of them. Um, I, uh, I had an exchange with my wife about preseason football this weekend. Uh, she said, I, I thought it didn't start for two weeks. It's like, oh, these are, you know, these are preseason games. And she said, so they don't count. I said, yeah. She goes, so why are you watching? <laughs> I don't, yeah, that's, that's a good question, honey. I don't know. Um, but, but I watched it a lot and, um, I watched a ton of it. William says COVID like the flu is here to stay. Best thing is the the best thing for it is natural immunity. Also, I, I keep reading about this antibody stuff. The science community is unbelievable, guys. I, I mean, all joking aside, uh, the fact that we have a shot that's effective, and, and now this um, this antibody treatment that I, I've read a couple articles about that were given at UMC, you know, down the road from me. Um, is, is a game changer, it sounds like. Life-saving. Like, there are people that are that are having to go to the hospital still, which is unfortunate, that are coming out of the hospital in a few days that possibly would have died last year because of this, this antibody stuff they're working on. I saw AstraZeneca has uh, a new... Uh, it's a treatment. I think it's, it's a pill. It's like an antibody pill that they're giving to people over in the UK. That's not here yet, but we've got this... These kind of treatments and stuff that have come up in less than two years that are working, it just shows you how incredible the medical community is, how smart these people are. Uh, it's awesome. So all this stuff is really – we've gotten a lot of really good news lately. I know the case numbers are high, but as far as like treatments and stuff like that, that's good stuff. And hopefully, William, because of all this, it becomes like the flu where, yes, you know, the flu comes every year, but – You know, if I feel flu symptoms coming on, I go get some stuff that I buy over the counter and I take it a couple days later, I'm rocking and rolling. You know, maybe that's that's all we need here. But a lot of good news as far as like the treatment and stuff has come out this week. So, you know, knock on wood. Um, Yeah, a lot of preseason this weekend, aside from Winston and ball security, JPS. What are you looking at specifically this evening? Um, I want to see if Zach Bond and... uh, Marcus Davenport replicate what they did last week. If that's going to be consistent performances from the – and Paulson Adebo as well, who looked really good. I know he's a rookie, but still uh, looked really good for a rookie. Um, that's what I'm most looking forward to, aside from seeing if Jameis can take control being the starter tonight. I assume with ex- extended snaps. Um or maybe not. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what Sean Payton's going to do tonight. I know they're both going to play, but I want to see Jameis take control, like you said. Just take control and show everybody that you are the better quarterback. Prove it uh, and make Sean Payton's choice easy. Uh, but I want to see if those three guys can replicate their success because if Davenport and Bond and Paulson Adebo can be that good, and you have suddenly good, talented depth at linebacker, uh, you'll be able to rush the passer. Uh, like Trey Hendrickson did a year ago opposite Cam Jordan, and then your biggest concern has been defensive back. And if that 
I mean, he's going to make mistakes. He's a rookie. He's going to get beat. But can he be serviceable in year one? That's what I'm looking forward to is Jameis, obviously, and those three guys. Can they replicate what they did last week and show that they are key pieces on that defense that can still maintain their level of success that they've had the last few years? It's those three guys, without a doubt, that um, that I'm looking forward to seeing. Justin Fields is the man. So I, I watched a little bit of uh, Bears-Bills over the weekend, mostly just because it was on. You know, my kid was sleeping. I, I popped the game on and watched it. And... Uh, Watching Mitch Trubisky just light up the Bears defense at Soldier Field was hysterical. It was just hysterical. Uh, but aside from that, NFL fans are ruthless, man. I mean, Andy Dalton, the offensive line in front of him is awful. Just awful. Uh, he's got no time. The offense isn't working. He's getting booed as he takes the field and as he leaves the field by his own fans in a preseason game. They're brutal. Um, Justin Fields comes in. He got smoked. It was uh, honestly a, a hit that I'm glad that they're trying to get out of the game on Justin Fields. Just high. I mean, the guy was trying to kill him. And not like in a football trying to kill him, like great hit. No, it was like he put his helmet up in his face. Like, you, you just you can't do that. Uh, either way, Bears fans are booing their quarterback as he comes on and off the field in the preseason game. Justin Fields comes in. Everybody wants Justin Fields or chanting his name, all that stuff. I think by the end of the year, he's going to be starting anyway. But Justin Fields, after the game, was asked about that. You know, the reception that um, he got from fans. And he here's his quote. I love this kid. I love this kid after the national championship. I said on the radio that I would take him as first quarterback off the board uh, the deep ball was obviously exceptional. He's a great athlete, but the toughness he showed in that game, clearly not even close, not even close to 100%, banged up to hell and still playing the way he played. I just, I really admired the the way Justin Fields played and carried himself, uh, putting it all, literally putting it all in his line for his team. He could have easily, justifiably, after he got hit and he hurt his hip, taken himself out of the game. He was, he was obviously in pain big payday coming, all that stuff. And what Justin Fields did was put his teammates first and continue to play, although he was in extreme pain. Uh, so I've admired him ever since. I'm a big fan of his. And then this quote just solidified it. I love this kid. Uh, he said, I really think it's kind of disrespectful to Andy, them cheering my name like that. That's not helping Andy play better. And he said more than that, but that was the money quote. I love this kid. I, lo I love him. I mean, he's got arm strength, he's got accuracy, he's got athleticism, and he's not a running quarterback. You know, he's not like Lamar Jackson. He can run. He's a hell of an athlete, but he's pass first. So he's pass first, accurate, deep ball's great, uh, good enough athlete, can escape, make plays with his legs, and then that's his mindset. I love that kid. I, I think he's going to be a great success, although he's got Nagy as his as coach, so God bless him. But aside from that... Uh, I love that kid. I think he's going to be a success because he's got everything else and then that kind of mindset where he's better than Andy Dalton. He knows it. Andy Dalton knows it. Everybody watching the two of them play know it. But right now, they're, they're going to do the thing where Andy Dalton starts. And Justin Fields could pout. You know, He could whine and complain and or not defend him. He could say, yeah, you know, it felt really good that, that, that these, these fans love me and they want me to play. And, you know, I... I'm ready to to put on a show for them and 
all that kind of stuff. He could have said that, and that wouldn't have been bad. But what he said is, it's disrespectful to Andy. Chaining my name and cheering for me, it doesn't help him at all. So, so help him. He's the quarterback. I love that. I mean, that, that, is, that is maturity beyond his years as a rookie quarterback, and I love that kid. And he's going to be successful. Big Justin Fields fan over here. Williams says, Big Ben looked good to me. What did you think? Yeah, he looks sharp, man. Uh, that the uh, the diet thing is h- hilarious because no, he didn't. <laughs> Where is that story coming from? Uh, he hadn't changed his body at all, but that pump fake, uh, my gosh, it, it's like violent. It, when he pump fakes, it's the best pump fake in the NFL. He tricks cameramen more than every other quarterback in the NFL combined, I swear. Uh, and he pulled that out of his bag uh, this weekend, too. That looked good. But, yeah, he looks sharp, man. Uh, that one deep ball hung in the air for a little while. But he looks sharp. Uh, you know, it, it feels like – I was listening to Pardon My Take on my run this morning, and they they said it, and I agree with them. It feels like Pittsburgh's back. It, it, I don't know why. It, you, you can't touch it. You know, I mean, they're always solid anyway. But for some reason, Big Ben looking healthy the way he did – it feels like like he's like Pittsburgh's back, you know, to being one of the best teams in the NFL. Uh, JP says to snag that Pittsburgh tight end in fantasy. Um, yeah, and add Marquez Callaway to your list. You don't draft him in the first round or anything like that, but uh, you want to steal that a lot of people, it, unless they're a Saints fan. If you're in a league with a bunch of Saints fans, they already know. But if you're in a, a fantasy league with a bunch of other or guys that aren't really NFL fans or don't have a team, Marquez Callaway. That that's a, a pick that will that you can get in the later rounds because people won't know, and he's going to give you a bunch of points at least in the first six weeks or so. So, anyway, uh, good stuff there. Last thing for you, something that I loved this weekend, honestly. So I guess there's a, a major league baseball game or, or something going around the the Little League World Series, and the Angels were there. And the team is walking through, and there's a bunch of kids, and there's a crowd there, and the the team's walking through signing autographs and stuff like that. And Shohei Otani was not rude. He wasn't mean, but he completely ignored a a couple of adult men who were clearly looking to get something that they could sell on eBay. And if you guys have ever been to, like, a fan fest, you know, at at your team's – you know, preseason like fan event where all the players are in the practice facility. They're all lined up and you can walk through and get their autographs and take pictures with the players and stuff like that. Didn't do it last year. I don't anticipate them doing it this year either because of COVID and stuff. But usually if your team has a couple of players that are going to be superstars on it, um, I remember years ago, uh, I talked to somebody that went to the the old Miss one when Robert Kimdichie and the Cron Treadwell were were there, and Laramie Tunsil, and there were guys that were clearly not old Miss fans that had bags of stuff. Autograph dealers is what they were. They had bags of footballs and helmets and stuff like over their shoulder. They had no kids with them. They weren't old Miss fans. They were going there to get Robert Kimdichie's autograph on something that wasn't old Miss related, by the way, just blank footballs, blank helmets, stuff like that. Because the second he gets drafted, they turn around and sell that crap on eBay. So these guys got in line in front of kids and stole opportunities from fans and kids and stuff so they could sell a bunch of crap on eBay. And it's really off-putting. So Shohei Otani was signing autographs, 
And uh, I'll show you the video, actually. Why not? I, I wish I could play audio for you. It's hard to hear uh, but because he's got a mask on. But he's signing autographs to kids. And there's a couple of guys that once you see them, if this video will pull up, here we go. Okay, once you see them, you can clearly tell that these guys don't have kids there. They are not Angels fans. Here, I'll, I'll show you a picture, actually. The, vi- the videos, look at these guys. Give me one second, sorry. These guys, right here. And in the video, they're following him. They're not saying anything. They're just sticking a ball in his face. And Shohei, you can barely hear it because, again, he's got the mask on. He said, oh, no, just kids. Kids first. Kids first. And completely ignores those guys. You know, that's not much, but I love that, and I wish more athletes would do that. You know, maybe they do, but these guys here don't need to be there. They're just looking for something to sell online. And Otani, kids first, kids first. And in the video, he just, he's ignoring them. He's just, every kid there got their chance. And the autograph dealers did not. I love that move. You know, it's not much, but I love that. Uh, And I wish, you know, there, there wasn't a market for that. I don't know. It just, it feels scummy. You know, get wiggling your way into a crowd of kids pushing them aside, sticking your arm in front of them to try to get the athlete to sign the ball so you could sell it for 200 bucks online. There's a better way to make money than that. Um, but respect, Otani. Respect to my guy for uh, for doing a good thing for the kids and just kind of ignoring. No, I didn't. So it was the, the Little League World Series game, right? I, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch a second of it, honestly. Um, no, I didn't. That's a shame. We had a bunch of stuff going on. I I, I feel stupid now. I should have watched it. I, I I sit here and say that I love the novelty stuff, and then I don't watch the novelty stuff when it comes. What an idiot I am. So, yeah, Saints preseason tomorrow night. Looking forward to that. Or not tomorrow night. Tonight. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Uh, and then just five days. Five days until the start of week zero in college football. Big noon kickoff, Nebraska and Illinois. I wonder how much time they'll spend talking about Nebraska's NCAA investigation. I wonder how much time. I wonder if they have graphics made outlining everything they were accused of and, and what the punishment could be for what they're accused of. I wonder if, if they'll do that this time, because I've seen that before somewhere else, but I've seen that before. Anyway, y'all have a great week. It's going to be hot as hell, so just be prepared for it. Uh, 115 plus real feel here in, in a lot of parts of the state. Jackson South, I mean, even North Mississippi is going to get it too. Brutal. So protect yourself out there. If you have outside animals, make sure they're hydrated and have plenty of shade. And think about bringing them inside because it's brutal. It's just brutal. I, I I cannot stand reading the stories during heat waves and stuff like what we had back in February where outside animals died because people left them out there. Please don't be those people. Please don't be those people. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I, I appreciate all of you, especially you, JP. You're the man. And um, 
I'll see you guys tomorrow morning and on the radio this afternoon, of course. But I'll see you guys tomorrow morning talking Saints preseason. Jason or Tamus. And uh, we'll see you then. Talk Mississippi Media Production.